Hey, it's Steve, and it's Wednesday night, less than 24 hours after a Champaign police officer, Chris Oberheim, was shot and killed in the line of duty. Another officer, again, as I record, is in the hospital. And uh, I thought I would get a hold of my friend, retired Champaign police officer, Lieutenant Bruce Ramsier. He was on my morning show for many, many years, and we remain good friends. He uh, agreed to come on the uh, podcast and talk a bit about how he's feeling, how his police family is feeling, what it's like being in a situation that's called a domestic where someone calls 911 and uh, they have no idea what to expect when they arrive. We talked for only a few minutes about the tragedy that occurred today and what it's like being a police officer in a community when something like this happens. So thank you to Lieutenant Bruce, retired Lieutenant Bruce Ramsier, for coming on the podcast with me. Hey, Lieutenant Bruce, thanks for uh, for coming on the podcast with me again. Absolutely, Steve. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You've been a Good friend and good supporter of uh, law enforcement and the community in general. So happy to talk. So you're retired, but certainly, I mean, you live in the community. You have officers for friends. You always will. How are you doing? How are your friends doing? Um, well, thanks for asking. Um, you know, I feel kind of selfish answering that question. Um, you know, me and my family were healthy. Um, lots of emotions going through the house um, and such. It's uh you know, it's, it's a personal thing. I mean, when, when we get attacked and something bad happens, it, it, it hurts for everybody. And uh, yeah, so it's been a, an up and down day, you know, interestingly enough for me, um, you mentioned I'm retired and I know we talked about this uh, another time. I was actually teaching at the police Academy today. Um, and I do that part-time and it's great to be with all the young officers and as they start their career. Um, but it was just different getting such terrible news first thing in the morning. And then going to work and looking these 80 some officers in the face and kind of starting their day off with the, with the bad news, which interestingly enough at the Academy, um, they always start each day with the pledge and then they read an officer down synopsis. Just say, if you didn't know, here's what happened in this part of the country. This is officer, you know, in this case, officer Oberheim. And they tell a little bit about the person, a little bit about the scenario, then they have a moment of silence. So today was definitely different um, with a with a hometown personal touch to it. Yeah, I don't think I when we talked on the podcast before and talked about you teaching at the police academy, I don't think that came up that you start with an officer and an actual officer down scenario. So how tragic that you had to start the day with one from right here in Champaign. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's still kind of, you know, not real. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's very real, you know, don't mean to be insensitive or anything. But it's just, you know, how do you how do you explain stuff like this to your kids? How do you, you know, uh, you know, get a grip on things like this? And again, you know, selfishly for me, you know, I retired six and a half months ago or whatever it was. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, the Oberheim family is without a husband. They're without a dad today. And uh, it's it's just this is terrible. Um, we don't know many details yet, and that's fine. You know, um, people want answers right away, but police have to do their jobs. Two people are dead. We have an officer in the hospital, um, and so uh, clearly, as much time as necessary needs to be taken. From your experience. Um, in a domestic disturbance situation such as this, again, we don't know all the details, but it happened at three something in the morning. 
what's typically the, the scenario that plays out when you arrive, uh, you and, and maybe a backup officer or something like that? Sure. So when we, you know, and just, just generally speaking, you know, I, I, even me being recently retired, I, I don't know exactly what happened today. Um, but just, you know, generally speaking, um, when we go to domestics, there's at least two officers um, and sometimes more. Um, and these things are, are, they're volatile. I mean, you know, people, people generally speaking are calling 911 on the worst days of their life. Something has happened so bad that they can't handle it. Um, and in a domestic, you know, like this, you know, at least is reported as being, um, you know, people, people get upset and there are times we teach at the Academy that look, if, you know, Nancy is the one that called and you're thinking you're going to help Nancy and Tom is going to be the one that's going to go to jail. You need to look out because Nancy may just want the help. And as soon as you turn to arrest Tom, she may turn on you. Um, and again, I just throw those names out there just, you know, just to explain whatever, but just, <laughs> just as an example of, you know, you, you're going there for one and you may get attacked by the other. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine that, you're at any level of calm when you pull up because you've already, you already know going in as a police officer that there is a fight, whether it's a verbal or physical fight, already underway. And then one of the two people called 911, which is probably going to anger the other person. And so one or two officers or more are being just thrust and thrown into this situation, not because they want to, yeah. but because they have to. It's your responsibility. Yeah. And, and these are the types of calls that, you know, I, I guarantee, you know, uh, Officer Oberheim and, you know, the other officers that went, I guarantee they've been to hundreds of these, hmm. hundreds, you know, over the years. Um, and no two are the same. Uh, you may even go to the same place more than once, which unfortunately is common. And, and each time you go, it's going to be different. Um, you know, are there drugs involved? Is there alcohol involved? Are there other family members involved? Um, you know, sometimes these get so big that the neighbors or maybe, somebody driving by just happens to report it. And, you know, there are times when we get good information. There's other time when we get bad information. There's other times we get kind of partial information. And like you said, we, there are times we don't have a choice. We just go. Um, and that's what, you know, that's what these officers do. And, and, and on a side note, after this tragedy, you know, uh, from earlier this morning, um, there were still officers handling calls. You know, because not everybody knew what happened and there's still traffic crashes. There's still thefts or, or, or you know, medical problems. And, and the officers are just having to choke it down and go handle calls. Now, I've said it before. I, I, I loved working in this community for so long because we have so many great other agencies that always help us and we help them, you know, whether it's, you know, the county or U of I or, you know, uh, Muhammad Urbana. It's, it's just the state police is everybody that just they all help us. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it is they're doing today, but I I would bet based on past practice that they're handling our basic calls um, when the time comes for, you know, for us to say goodbye with the visitation and a funeral that there will be other agencies stepping up to handle all of our calls. So anybody that wants to go, they'll have the opportunity to go. And, you know, and it's not just in tragedies like this, but it's it's other cases, too. And. It is such a, I, I can't repeat, such a great feeling to have that that bond, that camaraderie with so many other agencies. You know, and frankly, you, you may not even like all of them, 
or, or <laughs> you know, like that officer or that deputy or, or whatever. But you know, when, 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 when you need the help, you know, all this other stuff just goes away and they just, they just jump in and, and don't complain about a thing. And, and they just, they, they do their job and it's, you know, a credit to the profession, the people that do it, you know, and I, and I look at all these new recruits that are starting in this profession. I'm so proud that they want to do this in such a, a difficult profession, such a difficult time in our country's history right now. I think um, it's, again, I'm just very proud. So when you are before a class of students, you said 80, uh, and as we record this, it's Wednesday night, you were talking to them Wednesday morning, literally hours after the shooting was reported. Mm -hmm. um, you know, none of them got up and walked out. They all know the realities of police work, or they're going to learn the realities of police work through the intensive training that you are a part of. Um, did did anybody say anything during or after or when you when you uh, you you mentioned the officer down that that's part of the process when you begin class mentioning an officer down or did everybody just sort of you know here's the pledge officer down class begins well you know not again not to be you know curt or anything it's it's it it probably took a little longer today for us to get on topic uh, because it was personal and we probably offered a little bit more than they do on another person and not to take away from obviously any other family in the country and their tragedy. But when it's, when it's yours, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more there personally. And, you know, I said being selfish here. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we have a task to do. And, and like I said about the, the, the officers on the street, the deputies, everybody on the street, as after this call happened, the rest of the world did not stop. And there were calls. Now I guarantee people waited and calls stacked and, you know, our great dispatchers over at Metcad and the folks that run our front desk, I bet they were dealing with unhappy callers until they told them, hey, by the way, here's why you're waiting. And then I bet the majority of people, because we got great people in this town, but the majority of them are like, oh, I get it. Never mind. I will call another day. I'll fill out an online report. But so, so like the officers working the street, yes, they went on with the next call as much as they could. Um, our recruits and our class schedule, you know, they've signed up for this period. We've got 14 weeks to get them trained and we're going to do our best because there are still more, you know, bad guys out there. There are still towns that need the help and they've got positions to be filled and we we're, we're on a mission. So um, there are times to grieve and there are times to be angry and upset and, and things like that. And we, we encourage that sort of conversation and, and dialogue at the Academy, but when it's go time, it's go time. Okay. Not that we forget. Um, that's why we start every day with something like that. So you remember how serious this job is. You remember how dangerous this job is. You remember what it is that you and your family have signed on for. Well, speaking of uh, families, um, you've been through situations similar to this. What, what's uh, what's the, the police community that family do to rally around a family in a situation like this? Uh, what 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 goes on on the inside if there is anything on the inside to uh, to lift them up? Yeah, well, a lot of the investigation gets outsourced because, you know, we, as a matter of practice, don't, you know, do our own investigations just to make sure everybody knows that we're on the up and up. Um, so we do have a chaplain program where we've got, you know, uh, folks that come in and kind of hang out and talk to people. We do have uh, counseling 
And when we have a serious uh, event like this, they'll they'll basically do kind of like a mandatory um, counseling, uh, bring everybody in and kind of talk about it kind of thing. Um, like you said, there is a process um, and we still have a lot of interviews and a lot of evidence and stuff to be gathered. So it will be slow, uh, which I know is frustrating because a lot of people like I want to know now and everything. And, and trust me, there are folks like me and, and other folks like I want to know, but unfortunately, I also understand the process and just have to kind of wait and and see so um you know there are a lot of phone calls coming in um i know a lot of our retirees have gone to the building to talk to people and you know i've made several phone calls and talked to people today and um you know talk frankly talk to my family quite a bit you know about things like this and um you know that's just that's the hard part i mean you know i I, officer oberheim you know like said their family it's not even 24 hours uh, and they're without a dad. They're without, you know, uh, a husband. Obviously, great memories and, and things from all the, you know, people that have been talking about, you know, him and his family and love for his family, frankly. Um, but it's just, I mean, that th- that's done. I mean, it was just taken away and it and it's gone. Um, so, you know, there, we do a we do a, a a good job of you know trying to help and trying to, you know, you know help with either you know processes paperwork. Um, you know, but it's the, the grieving process and every family is going to do it differently. And there's just a ton of emotions. And, you know, like I said, the hard part, especially for, you know, my officers and deputies and stuff, and, you know, frankly, all the other EMS workers that you're on this 24 hour schedule where you may work a day shift or whatever, but when things happen, you're, you're working. Um, you know, we may go to a 12 hour schedule, 12 on 12 off. We may go to, you know, whatever, just to make things function. Um, but like I said, that uh, on the, on the good note, that's where it's so cool to be around here with such other great agencies where, you know, we just, we just ask, sometimes we don't even ask, they're just there and they show up and they're like, Hey, we got this and we got this. And, and then we do the same for them. So, um, as a whole, you know, I know we kind of get uh, looked at as, you know, you're the cops, you're type A, you have no personality. I always joke that I have just one feeling, so please don't hurt it. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's actually not true. Um, and there's a lot of emotion um, in these folks and whether you like them or not, or you think they're grumpy or not, or you saw a Facebook post that you didn't like or not. Um, even the grumpiest of guys um, have a great heart. And when they're out there, there are just some wonderful things that happen as they try to care for this community that they protect. Um, so, you know, we may not you know do it the same way everybody else does, but, it, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of, a lot of support and a lot of, a lot of emotion in, uh, in the things that, uh, that, you know, that community does. Yeah. All right, man, I'm going to let you go. And, uh, we love our police. We love our firemen and firewomen and EMTs and everybody. And we just appreciate everything that, uh, you have done over your career and we hope you're enjoying your retirement, but we know that, uh, even though you are retired, you're still tight with everybody and it's not been an easy day. So thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on with me, friend. Hey, it's my pleasure, Stephen. Again, thanks for all that you've done for you know, us in the community. And uh, I, I appreciate the time to, uh, to get the voice out there. So thank you.